We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. What is up, everybody? Welcome back. Another Monday with the boss. We're talking some tournament talk. It's only right. Uh, Four straight days of college hoops. It was definitely a blast and overwhelming. A lot going on. But um, we're here to break it all down and look forward to what's ahead this coming weekend with the uh, Sweet 16. So I'm back, joined by Alan. Uh, what's up, Alan? What's going on? How was your weekend of college hoops? Are you a little burnt out or not at all? Um, yeah, it was a lot, but I enjoyed it. I it's enjoyed like it. Thursday was really a lot, especially just that first win. First day, like yeah. just getting into it, 12 yeah. o'clock. It's like one minute when you're watching Belmont, Maryland, next you got Kansas, then you got Marquette, Murray State, the one everyone's hyped about. But I think once Saturday, you start like, okay, I can start actually watching games and like evaluating what teams look like. Oh, this yeah. Well, the slate is so much more yeah. consumable Saturday and Sunday because right, right, it's right. like one game. It's like back to back to back to back to back. But it's like, mm-hmm. you know, you can watch a full game instead of like, yo, what's going on over here? What's right. going on over there? You know, right. who's playing like John Moran or yeah, some crazy yeah, yeah, shit. Yeah. But I, um, I know some people are a little bummed about the lack of Cinderella's, but yeah. I think that at least helps in terms of quality. Like we're going to see some, like, you look at the Sweet 16 matchups, there are some phenomenal matchups. Yeah, I'm sure, like, CBS and, you know, yeah. those people are happy because they're going to have the ratings, obviously. Mm-hmm. Um, but, yeah, other than that, it is definitely lackluster in the Cinderella yeah. department. But you also have to take into consideration how, I don't want to say bad, but it's just the Final Four of last year was kind of underwhelming, like, between Leola and Michigan being kind of ugly and then just Villanova, Washington. It's, like, it seems like we're on course to have four... Oh yeah, teams. yeah. Like, Especially if it goes chalk like the way it's going, like right. you have all four ones, yeah. or you know, there's a couple twos or a couple threes. I'd mm-hmm. even be intrigued about in the final mm-hmm. four. Because I've seen that's been somewhat the slight criticism about this tournament so far, just the lack of Cinderella's. But I think the quality has been great between you know, Maryland and LSU, which I know you're beyond thrilled about. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I thought oh, my God. Belmont, Maryland. I I don't know why that's the game I watched the most on Thursday, and I was just 
Dylan uh, Windler, I think his name is. Yeah. Just killed it. And then Jalen Smith just tried to almost destroy the hoop. That was a great game. Wofford seeing all for 36 minutes. I thought it was spectacular. So, it was, yeah, yeah. yeah. And in Tennessee, Iowa yesterday. Like, there were still some really spectacular games. I didn't even mention Duke yet. Yeah, yeah. So, first round, I mean, yeah, it was pretty good. Um, I still feel like not many close games. Um, Saturday besides, was definitely kind of just like blow it after Oh, blowout. Saturday night, yeah. You had the first two good games in uh, the Kentucky-Wofford game and then the LSU-Maryland game like you had mentioned. But, you know, just going back to day one, I mean, you see Irvine-Kansas State was a good game in terms of closeness, right? Mm, that's um, right. But I'm trying to remember that. Villanova St. Mary's like was a close game, but other than that, I mean, but those like know, defensive a grinds, lot of routes, defensive grinds. But uh, I guess we, we could start just by talking about how I feel like we gotta start with the. Oh, go ahead, yeah. I was just say we have to start with the Duke UCF game. Oh, right, like sheesh. that was the moment of the first opening weekend. Yeah, I, since you fall more. I guess more mid-major or lower conferences. Like, did you know about Aubrey Dawkins being this good? I didn't know much. I didn't know he was this good, but I knew he was like a top town in the American. Right. Right. Because I, I mean, I watched a little bit of UConn just because they're classic Big East team. Right. But um, yeah. I mean, he's a senior too. He's been around the block. So. He was in Michigan, I think. Right? Did he transfer? Did he? Maybe. I was thinking I Michigan or Duke. Probably. If it was Duke, it would have been a way bigger. No, story. no, yeah, no. He never. I went think to it was Duke. maybe Michigan. His father used yeah. to coach at Duke, who yeah. coached UCF. But he was phenomenal. Just yeah, yeah. Him, every every mid range shot. Yeah, because everyone's all attention was on Taco, and Taco's a he's a fun player. But I think Dawkins and Taylor make that team go. Yeah, yeah, they do. But Taco was giving them problems the whole game. Like, oh. When he was in the game, yeah. there was no easy buckets at the rim. Obviously, he's seven six. That yeah. speaks for itself. But yeah, I mean, the game was good th- uh, through and through. I mean, UCF came back late. Right, they had a chance to go up six with that freaking alley oop to Aubrey Dawkins, mm-hmm. that was botched, and then R.J. Barrett I think came down and hit that three, so that was, man, a huge turning point. And then obviously the Zion and one to foul Taco out, yeah. which is crazy because if you think about it, Taco probably would have been on that block, and there's no offensive rebound there. Yeah, he's <laughs> he's giving that, that rebound, and then but. He would have got fouled right away, and that was, he probably doesn't hit the free throws. True that. So it could have been interesting. I don't know. I think it was like changed. five seconds left. Right, right. Yeah. Or if they call a timeout right away, who knows? Or True. they try to advance it. But whatever. True. It's all speculation at this point. Um, but then I, I was thinking about, too, on the other end where they missed that layup, B.J. Taylor, and then Dawkins missed putback. Oh, yeah. What is the likelihood Taco falls there and just, like, fucking slams that down, too, right. if he's in the game? So, yeah. You got to feel for you, Seth, but could you just imagine the carnage in terms of brackets? Because if you look at your pools, I would say, if not 70%, at least 65% of people have Duke. Wins. Oh, yeah. 100%. Like, like you just see the list of names as Duke and just the amount of destruction in every pool. Because as we look at like brackets uh, so far, I assume most people are in pretty good shape unless you got a little too crazy with Villanova or Kansas. I think that's one of the bigger takeaways from this weekend for me is just seeing some of the traditional teams as kind of we saw this year. Not fall apart, but they they lost a lot of talent to NBA or graduation. Right. So they're kind of rebuilt. Such or a, other reasons like Kansas, Kansas was just like off the court stuff right. that was just like beyond their control. Yeah. So it wasn't a huge surprise, but see both two Final Four teams out routed dominant fashion, yeah. especially Kansas guy like Auburn just put on a clinic, and you have Purdue with Carson Edwards just dropping forty two on him. Yeah, it was ridiculous. Like on Villanova, like that never happens. It's mm-hmm. one of their, I mean, one of their worst losses in program history. So, but yeah, other than that, like we said, pretty standard chalk one through four, uh, two of the regions one through one, two, three, and five, and uh, the other the other region and then one, two, three, and twelve. So right. this is the second time I think one through three all made it all through. I think it was in the A's was the other time. Yeah. So um, 
Something similar was in 2009. I saw Matt Norlander shot down with CBS. He posted back in 2009 almost the identical seedings. Really? Yeah. It's a lot. Uh, with just scary. 112. Yeah. But uh, also, you have to, if you want to look at like some of the picks we got right, we did kind of call that both Wisconsin and Kansas State were vulnerable to upsets. And what do you know? That's like the one thing I could claim. Yeah. I mean, Wisconsin was susceptible. Like yeah. We both said the yeah. offense. And was... then without Dean Wade, Kansas State. Right, right. They were going to lose to. Right. Shout out to the Anteaters, like I said, one of the best mascots. Put up a valiant effort yesterday. <laughs> Dude, that like they had like a 16-0 run and then they just started the half. Yeah, and then that was that was it. They ran out of gas. Because um, it was just so weird. Just Oregon could not just every time with the shot clock got down to eight, they would shoot like a desperation three, like Payne Pritchard, which is so frustrating. And then they just go on this crazy run. Kenny Wooten, you call, I think you were talking about. Yeah. My God. He had like seven blocks last yeah, he's night. He's a beast in the paint. Good lord. But um, yeah, that him, Luke King. Kenny Wu and they pulled through. Uh, Liberty gave it a, a, you know a, a good run. They were another mm-hmm. upstart team. Yeah. Uh, knocked off Mississippi State mm-hmm. in the first round and then pushed Virginia Tech pretty much most of the game. But uh, ultimately, Virginia Tech uh, prevailed there. Did when it come, in terms of your bracket, did you like nail any upsets or? Um, no, nothing in particular. I mean, I had there weren't a lot of the upsets to be fair. I'm just yeah. Nah, I didn't. I didn't. Or really. did you have like any major I did, blunders? I did I have Oregon. I did have a couple of blunders. Yeah. I had Oregon in the Sweet Sixteen though, oh, in both my too, brackets. Yeah. So I just thought they were riding hot, and ultimately they did. Um, but yeah, I had I had Utah State over UNC. I think in both <laughs> my brackets, and they bowed out uh, first week into Mike Hopkins two three zone. Oh, um, but yeah, that was a, a blunder. And then Buffalo, who I thought would put up a, be- a better fight against the defensive savvy Texas Tech, which didn't happen. Well, they put on a clink Friday. You want to talk about games? We we caught that uh, Arizona State oh. Buffalo. Oh, yeah. Dude, they shoot. I think they had like 16 threes. It was, the game was over mid-second half. But I was looking at, I think, in terms of just teams, the one team I definitely felt, Iowa State. Oh, I was gutted. Oh, yeah, yeah. F- you put 59 points, one of the best offensive teams in the country, 59 points Iowa uh, Ohio State. After that Big 12 tournament performance, uh, too. And other than Shyock and Lard, no one really showed up. I was waiting for Helen Tucker to show up. Wigington. Oh, Wigington actually did this thing. Yeah, uh, 18. But you just expect Iowa State to put up 75. And just watching Ohio State last night against Houston, I was like, God, this team has no business being here. But... Well, they hung around, too. I mean, I, I just think, like, Ohio State will always hang around as long as Kalen Weston is there. Because in a game or in a sport where the three-point shot is has become way more relevant in, like, the last 10 years, like, mm-hmm. Kalen Weston is the traditional big man who can step out. He hit a couple threes that game. But yeah. when you put him on the block, his physical presence is noted right away. And he does draw a ton of fouls. And he did do work and kept them in the game. Mm-hmm. Um, I would say through half or maybe shortly after half. But... You know what? Ultimately, Kelvin Sampson and Houston is just too they much. They had such a great game plan. They were doubling him at will, and you could just see yeah. Weston he had a couple frustrated. bad turnovers, yeah, when he was yeah. getting doubled. Yeah. So, um, yeah, Houston pulled through there. How about uh, the Kentucky-Wofford game, right? You, we have this – we talked about him uh, briefly on the, the first episode of the look at uh, Fletcher McGee, right? 0 for 12 from three in a tight game, which they lost 62 to 56. But he was seven for twelve against Seton Hall, which makes it even crazier. Right, like he, right. he was just destroyed. Well, he's the all-time three-point right. basket maker in college basketball history with like five hundred plus threes. And he had some good looks against Kentucky, especially in the second half. Right, right. Yeah, and here, to go, here we'll tired out a bit. Right, but they only lost by six. But to go like the game was so much tighter. They had a lead late in the game. Mm-hmm. It's just like yo, if he hits just even two of those, right. like two threes, and you know he he's 
comfortable with the uncomfortable, right? He doesn't square up to shoot his threes. He'll come off the screen and pop. Right. Like, it's so unorthodox. Right. But ultimately, I mean, Tyler Harrell did a fantastic job on him that from Kentucky. Yeah. And uh, likewise with Fletcher on the other side, took out Tyler Harrell on their side of the ball. Mm-hmm. So that was kind of a grind defensively. Like, they were both running off screens mm-hmm. and uh, just staying with their man. So, I, I, for me, I felt like that wore them out on the offensive end, uh-huh. whereas they weren't even going to do much because they were so much – more focused on the defensive end because they're both top-notch shooters. But, um, yeah, so Kentucky pulled through despite no P.J. Washington. They better hope he's back, though, because they looked very stagnant offensively. Yeah, yeah. You want to go region by region now? Yeah, yeah. Start with the east? Yeah. So this was uh, chalk, which I think we kind of expected, especially once – because you look at VTech. I I, I had a feeling VTech was going to go through that. I was so disappointed by Mississippi State, though, that just the amount of talent they had with Weatherspoon and Perry and they just – they just completely fell apart against Liberty, but VTech they got that strong foundation. Let's Robinson back, yeah, and and they're quietly one of the top defensive teams in the country. They don't get talked about much because they're only eight man team. They're kind of undersized, but Buzz Williams has those guys playing at a real high level. Yeah, yeah, I agree. I mean, Justin Robinson missed the the back end of ACC play, and to get him back for the tournament uh, is huge for this team. He missed the ACC tournament as well, but this time of year in March, you need guard play, and he's a senior leader. He doesn't turn the ball over. And he's just calm, cool, and collected at all times. He's able to distribute for Nikhil Alexander-Walker and Blackshear, yeah. who you love. You say he's, you know, one of the... 19-8 almost every game, I feel like. Every right, time right. I look he's, at the box scores. Like, he's one of the guys who can, you know, going forward to Sweet 16, where a lot of people are tuning in now more mm-hmm. as we're getting closer to the end here. Um, he could really make a name for himself, I and, think. And he hits free throws. I think it was like 11 for 12 against uh, St. Louis. Right. So, because we see big men, some of them just can't hit free throws. Yeah, we'll see. Like, I mean, he's got a... Tough task with the Duke, uh, you know, R.J. Barrett or Zion coming down on him. So if he can avoid foul trouble, Mm -hmm. we'll see if he can put it together. uh, Good game. When we look at Duke right now, what do you think kind of didn't go right yesterday? Because obviously they kind of, from the premiere, they were missing. Like like Ty, uh, I always say Ty Jones, Trey Trey Jones. At some point, they just got to tell him not to shoot. Like, just don't shoot from three anymore. Yeah, I mean, I think they do tell him, but you know what? Sometimes it's the best look you're going to get. It's an open look at the end of the day. Yeah. I know he can't, like, he, was one he for doesn't eight. shoot well. I know, I know. Uh, but And they're daring him to shoot. Like, there, there was a viral clip of, I don't know who it was at the top of the UCF defense. It was like, yo, shoot that. Like, I'll, yeah. I'll let you shoot that. But, um, so yeah. But I mean, he's, such a, he's such an asset defensively. You can't take him off the court because he locks oh, up. Yeah, yeah. He gets so such a point conundrum. Guards fits. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, they got to find some perimeter scoring, man. If, if it's not Cam Reddish. R.J. Barrett hit that big three late in the game, but right. I mean, other than that, Zion yeah. doesn't I'm, really shoot the three ball. I'm surprised they don't play O'Connell more. He was getting some minutes late in the season. He was, yeah, yeah, yeah. He played, but yeah. they're playing Goldwire, which I don't really know much about. Yeah, I mean, he's not an offensive; he's more of a defensive player. Yeah. So there's that. But I mean, you know, with when you see Duke, their production is coming inside, mm-hmm. especially with Zion. But um, yeah. Also, just looking at LSU, they played two tight games. Uh, they beat Yale. Which they were blown out at half, and then they, again, didn't put together a good forty. Yale came back, made it a close game, but ultimately LSU uh, prevailed. And then the Tremont Waters buzzer beater against Maryland, which was, you know, this was I think the best game of the the round of thirty two. Well, this is your squad, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. how you feeling? Are you feeling confident with them? Or? Uh, well, they got Michigan State up next. We'll see. It's it's a good matchup. I mean, they're playing well. I really don't see any holes in their game, but Michigan State is a tough task for anyone, especially, you know, Tom is on marches. I do worry in terms of rebound. I thought Maryland, I was rewatching a game, Maryland, albeit they have two f- phenomenal big well, yeah. yeah. I just, going against physical teams like Michigan State, and if they go through, probably play Duke. 
Right. Like, rebounding, I think, could be an issue for him. You know, they do have size with Baby Williams. Well, and, he was in foul trouble. Like, Jalen oh. Turner and uh, Bruno Fernando had him in foul trouble right, a lot right. of the game. So, that was also True. one thing. Well, it's just it's, it's Nas Reed and Emmett Williams. So, it, mm-hmm. Baby Williams has got to stay on the court. Mm-hmm. But uh, we'll move on to the West. They're just saying, they, I just want to say, so we got to give some love to Michigan State. Oh, yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. They just annihilated Minnesota. I know Minnesota didn't have Jordan Murphy. Uh, Minnesota won the Rick Patino Derby. Salute to them. <laughs> That's a highlight, I guess. But for the fact that Michigan State only allowing 50 points and they just continue to look dominant, even though people are talking about injuries. But And then Nick Ward's starting to play a lot more minutes, so that's right. big for them. I think Michigan State, even though they're not going to score a lot, just the tense they bring defensively, and then having, I think, the best point guard in the country in Cassius Winston, they're going to they're be a problem, man. Yeah, that's a fun matchup in uh, Winston, Shremont Waters, then to see how Nick Ward measures up with the LSU big men. Yeah, because like I say, he's, and then Tillman's starting to step up too. Just uh, I was watching a lot of that Michigan State game. I was just like, they look like they're in complete control. I know Michigan, uh, Minnesota's kind of limited, and not having Murphy was a problem, but to, still to beat a Big Ten rival like that, pretty definitive fashion, Yeah, I think they definitely deserve some love because they. I feel like they've been a little overlooked, Michigan State, even though they have the, all the impressive resume. Just not having all the NBA talent, I think that's why. Because this region, I feel like you have so many stars. Right, it could be. I mean, they won the Big Ten tournament and uh, beat Michigan three times, so I don't know if overlooked is the right word. Yeah, but probably overlooked, but probably not. in terms of contenders, you're not hearing enough about them. That's right, what I'd right. say. So. Uh, all right, so on to the West. What, what was your biggest takeaway of the first weekend from the West uh, region? Florida State. I've been talking them up, but Florida State. I know they struggle a little bit against Vermont, but the what they did against Murray State. Good Lord. Just, I told you that nine man re- rotation of just, you had these freak of nature is just playing with Kumaji and Cabanelli and Terrence Mann, Trent Forrest, all these guys just going, getting after. They don't press quite like West Virginia, but it's just how easily they create open looks and then just what they did defensively. Florida State. Unsurprisingly, they're going to be a problem. And I think I heard Mark Few talk about how they're underseeded. I was like, I don't know resume wise if they're underseeded, but talent wise, they are definitely underseeded. Yeah, yeah. Uh, they're interesting too because, I mean, a huge storyline, unfortunately, is the death of Phil Kofer's father. Right, key role player. A, he's a senior, I think, too. I believe so. Yeah. But he's also he's just a big piece from one of their uh, knockdown shooters from mm-hmm. the perimeter. So um, I know Coach Hamilton, Leonard Hamilton, has said they'll likely be without him. Again this weekend as he's right. you know dealing with all that off the court stuff, which is like I said unfortunate. But um, twenty goes on. And how about Michigan? I think Michigan two impressive wins, right? They kind of handled Florida. Was it impressive though? Like they did the thing, but they haven't shot particularly well. I don't know. I mean, well Montana they walked through, true, which that's is true. as expected. Right. But um, Florida gave it. We watched most of it. It was a bit underwhelming. They didn't shoot well. It was. It was, it was a weak game. Yeah, Braziakis. Braziakis, excuse me. But it's they're gonna have to shoot well to keep up with Texas. I mean, Texas. Um, I I just don't know if Texas Tech has. I mean, they have Jericho Culver, obviously, but yeah, I just don't know if if it's a tight game late in the situation if they can get a big time bucket. Mm-hmm. Whereas, like, I, I mean, obviously, Michigan has scores. That's right, right. That's what yeah. I'm saying. Like yeah. in in a late game. You think these games are going to be close? Obviously, the Sweet 16, all, like I said, chalky bracket, you know, mm-hmm. everything's gone, you know, as expected. These games should be tight, mm-hmm. which is expected. And I just don't, I think Michigan has better scores at the end of the day. Yeah. Granted, Texas Tech plays probably the best defense of any team remaining outside of Virginia, maybe. But I get with that. it's just tougher for me to find Texas Tech. Um, who can get a bucket late for them? You know what I'm right. saying? So it's I, Moretti or Mooney. Like these right, guys right. have to hit shots. You know, my man Tariq Owens, he's shot blocking. <laughs> I don't think you know. But, They're not uh, going to him like yeah. yeah, But um, sure. but Michigan, you have, look, if you want to go 
you got Matthews, Poole. They can knock those shots. I think right. one player that's been playing at a consistent level, Xavier Sampson. I think he was like nine, nine, and nine against Florida. Right. Like he's he's just such a playmaker, and he's somebody now he's starting to hit free throws. He's still not a great three point shooter, but he's not as because I remember last year he was kind of a liability at the line. Like teams would foul him and he would miss free throws. Now he's at least hitting free throws. So with him and him and Teske have a great rapport. So I think they're Michigan. I'm waiting for him to hit. Uh, the next gear, like right now, I feel like they've just been not coasting, but they they looked a little underwhelming against four. I expected a little bit more, but right, who knows? But I just feel like this region, there were just so many blowouts. Like I'm looking at the scores, like Gonzaga only won by twelve, but I feel like they won by thirty that game because Brandon Clark just <laughs> it was just him. yeah, it was just like always a comfortable lead. It felt like I mean Baylor had their moments. I think they tied it or I think it cuts like four or five. Yeah, yeah, yeah but ultimately, you know, it was. Gonzaga was too much. Yeah, because this region, you just we knew there was gonna be four really good teams, and the rest were just uh, like Murray State, cool. Like they had they had a fun like eight minutes to start the game. Morant yeah. Morant was going off. He was hitting threes. It was like five five for five or whatever it was yeah. to start the game from three. But uh, yeah, I mean Buffalo was everyone's mid major of the year, possible Final Four pick. I saw it was like you know it was a trendy pick. Mm-hmm. Just blown out by Chris Beard in the Texas Tech right. defense. Too much. I, I do want to touch on, though, Morant, because that first-round performance against Marquette, that triple-double, oh, unbelievable. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. against Marcus Howard, too, was no slot. Obviously, right. player of the year of the right. Big East Conference. So they made their mark, Murray. I know they went out in brutal fashion, but to destroy Marquette like that, I'll be a mar- fading Marquette team. It's still something that you probably – because I know people were knocking Morant for his lack of uh, defensive effort, but I think, look, you could coach that up. But to me – He's a top three pick. There's no way. Yeah, I think, he, I think he's playing himself into a top two, honestly. Yeah, or, why not? I should just say second because Zion's yeah, the only one. But, yeah. Um, I think story of the West region for us, both our teams suck. Both our teams are out. Uh, our rooting interest, gone before the even <laughs> tournament even started, it felt like. Well, for me, yeah. it was. Like, well, literally, yeah. You had Thursday night. You got hype, but then all the letdown for you was Franklin Howard. What a way to go oh, out. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Who geez. knows what's going on there? Suspended before the, the you know, the game. Yeah, because you look at, like, these are kind of favorable matchups for both our teams. And, like, St. John shot, like, 32%. Syracuse, my man, Buddy Bayheim couldn't have hit a three. Yeah. Yeah. Tyus was taking some bad shots. Yeah, he had to, though. I mean. Yeah. So, yeah, it was okay. a bit on the I just thought this region, look, I think it's going to pick up. But in terms of, like, blowouts, like, you look at every game, there may be two or three single-digit games like I'm looking at right now. Like like Florida State, Vermont was arguably the closest game. Right. Yeah. And then Nevada, too, I just want to touch on. Like, oh, you expected before the year, they were a top-10 team. Um, nobody saw them going out in the round of 64, if you said that, in October, which is crazy yeah. with the Martin Twins and uh, Jordan Caroline. But, to yeah. To a 15 – Florida had 15 losses this year. Florida's not a good score. The, Florida, the fact that Florida scored 70 points on oh, that's pretty embarrassing. Yeah, yeah. this was not a good Florida team. Like, we were watching Sarah, we were just like – God, this team could not hit any shots. Maybe the first like six minutes of the game, they're hitting some threes, but like Florida's no major scores on that team. They're just they grind you out. Right, right. I mean, they had you know Kevon Allen's a senior, but but regardless, like Nevada, that's a, a lost year, and they're gonna lose to graduate those Martin twins. And is Caroline going too? Probably. Um, I think so, but I'm, I'd have to check that. Okay. Uh, anyway, on to the South, headlined by Virginia. Uh, a little scare again. <sighs> Right, day one. I know I was. We were watching. Oh my god! Yeah, we were watching that together at the bar. Uh, Yeah, it's never fun when your one seed is losing at half to Gardner Webb. Another sixteen back to back years. Those scary thoughts started creeping in my head again. But uh, I I always say, whenever like a underdog is hitting wild threes, like wild contested threes off balance, you know it's gonna be scary. But credit to Virginia, they. 
they settled in, and DeAndre Hunter really took over that game. Yeah, second half, they missed was just all Virginia, game. just yeah. about. Um, yeah. This region yeah. was better than I thought. I was knocking this region for a tournament, but it had some thrillers. Yeah, three higher seeds moving on in right. Iowa, beating Cincinnati, which was, uh, you know, kind of upsetting for me. That was a good, really good game, though. I think that was the first game of day two. Yeah, Iowa, two crazy comebacks. And this was a team that right. was looking terrible for a good month. Oh, yeah, yeah. forced yeah. overtime that Tennessee game. That was ridiculous. Oh, that was, oh man, that was good. But um, ultimately but, fell short in overtime. Correct. Yeah, Tennessee, even though I feel like they've kind of underwhelmed so far, they just, for me, have too much talent with Schofield and Williams down low and Turner starting to hit some shots. I think Jordan Bone quietly is one of the more underappreciated players in the country. Yeah, he definitely yeah. like took over in overtime, yeah. it felt like. And uh, even without Schofield in overtime, I think he fouled out. Right. Uh, Grant Williams was able to hold it down. I think he had a couple buckets in yeah. overtime. He filled up the box. I think he had like three blocks, three steals. Like he... He's somebody I like him a lot, but he doesn't like demand the ball enough. I feel like Grant Williams should be more of a central figure in that offense, but they don't use him enough. Maybe as the tournament goes on, especially against Purdue, they'll get him the ball. There's so many playmakers on that Tennessee team, so it's made hard for him to get enough looks. But he's somebody that's just so efficient. Like I'm a big fan of his game. Yeah, yeah. Um, Oregon, two convincing, like very fucking convincing wins. Um, although, let, although it was a little, little like we talked about, a little yeah, like but they put DC. the foot on the throw. It right. was a little scary for a little bit, but like they're not a really great scoring team. But they just they lock in defensively, and then with Wooten down low, and then you have Pritchard and Lewis Kings coming on, there. right? And I think Dan Allman doesn't get enough credit in terms of coaches because maybe because the Pac-12 just doesn't get any love anymore. But he's somebody that year after year he gets Oregon. Yeah, and they lost like can't forget he was maybe a top five pick, definitely top ten, bowl bowl. Oh yeah, their big man, uh, pretty early into the season, so. Had a tough run out of conference play. Ran the table in the conference tournament. And uh, I think back-to-back 18-point wins. Well, 19-point win last right. night. But 18 and 19-point wins, like, rather easily. And now they draw Virginia. Tough. It's going to be a defensive That's test. a grind. Because yeah. <laughs> Oregon, you know, Oregon plays defense, too. Yeah. Like, they will get into a paint pitcher, like you said. Yeah. Um, the thing is, both teams play at a really slow pace. So right, it's right. going to be one of those games. Like, I'm, I'm, it's, like a 50, it's not going to be pleasing. Yeah, 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 Definitely not. But we got to get produced. Well, first of all, I... I Except Purdue is the most vulnerable three seed, and they've responded by just winning two games in convincing fashion. Look, I still think they ride and die on Carson Edwards, but look, when Carson Edwards is on, they could be any team in the country. When he's dropping, I think he hit, I think it was like nine for 12 from downtown or something. Like he was just insane against Nova. I think it was most points ever by one player against the Villanova program. That's just a lot. Like Villanova is, I mean, you know, they're very stingy defensively, right. and they usually come with. Great guards, and they did have a good like Gillespie and Phil Booth, mm-hmm. no slouches. And they like not that they could lock down Carson Edwards, and they obviously couldn't do the job. But mm-hmm. for him to go that wild against it, like two pretty good Villanova guards is yeah. kind of like an eye opener for yeah. myself. And you got to give credit, Purdue is also one of the better defensive teams. They're notorious, like a lot of these Big Ten teams are, are very good defensively, but. In fact that they held Nova, I think, 24 points in the first half. Yeah. Eventually, Nova got the 61. Oh, they were, but they were doubled up at half. Yeah, it was just – that's pretty scary. And the fact also that Nova, they shoot so many threes as well that Purdue locked a bit, locked them down. Like, they're another team that's kind of being overlooked, but if, if Edwards is on, they could they – could, why not make the Final Four? But yeah. it's just – they're not kind of one of those teams that ride and die but at three. Like, I know Harms is – was he 7-3, the big Dutchman? Right. But they don't have much – they don't have much scores to begin with, but if they're just hitting threes and they're playing solid D, I think Purdue could be a threat. Yeah, that's pretty much it for the Midwest region. Uh, I mean, uh, sorry, south. On to the Midwest region. Um, spearheaded by UNC. Uh, pretty convincing win over Washington there, really. Well, how about Iona? Let's give some love to Iona. That first half scare, my boy's like, yo, Iona. I'm like, all right. I know. It's always 16 seeds this year. Really uh, putting it on the ones early. Yeah. 
Nazir Little has actually stepped up a bit. He's someone that's been kind of forgotten about UNC, but these yeah, last he's had two like games. a tumultuous year. Like he, coming into the year, he's projected a top five lottery pick, I believe, uh-huh. and um, McDonald's All American, so Harold Little recruit. But they were using him off the bench, and like people were like, ah, oh, you know, his can he shoot the ball? Like he's a big body, mm-hmm. and uh, he gets to paint it well. But yeah, I mean, maybe the tournament is something he needed for himself to just like, you know, boost his spirits. Yeah. I mean, he had the, he has seniors in front of him. And he has Cam Johnson and Luke May. You know, yeah. guys. Who have been there? So it's it's been tough for him, but yeah, like you said, a good good first two games for him. Yeah, UNC they haven't really been tested so far. I don't know what to make of them. Like, I, look, they've been outstanding the last two months. They after since Louisville knocked them around. I know they lost to Duke, but that was just one of the best one games. point yeah, game. Yeah, you can't. That's that's just as good as it gets. But UNC just. I'm, they're kind of like Mishka. I'm waiting for them to hit another gear. They haven't looked on the, as underwhelming as Mishka, but I just want to see them tested. Damn, they're gonna be tested by Auburn. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Auburn who demolished Kansas yeah, made it yeah. look easy. Although we have to quickly touch before we talk about Kansas, that Auburn New Mexico State game is that the most bizarre game so far? Oh, of it? yeah, like slipped my mind. Yeah, like New Mexico State coming down the court could have tied the game probably with an easy layup. He was by everyone, no one was in the paint. Kicks it out for the three, gets fouled, mm-hmm. obviously, and then hits two of three. Yeah, no, one oh, of three. One of three. Yeah, and then they get the the belt ball out of bounds underneath their hoop. And miss a, a good look at the buzzer. Definitely good look. Um, so, yeah, it's, it's the narrative of the yeah. Auburn basketball season yeah. could have got totally different. Because it's scary because like, New Mexico State was pressing them at will, and like Auburn was just cracking. Like, Auburn has a really good backcourt. Harper, Brown, these guys know how to play. Right. And they were just they, – they were turning it over. They were just taking bad shots. Like, it was just such terrible late-game execution. Bruce Pearl, who um, – I always like Bruce Pearl, but he's coming starting to become one of like, my favorite coaches. He's just so animated. Oh, he's yeah. just freaking out his facial expressions. But he's just losing his mind, and I don't blame him because <laughs> Auburn was in control for that second half, and then all of a sudden, next thing you know, it's a one-point game, and they're on they're on the verge of losing. But then for them to respond by being Kansas, I knew Kansas was vulnerable, but Auburn hit like 16 threes. Bryce Brown was at the forefront, but all those guys were just going. Like every time I looked up, Auburn was either it was either an alley oop, they're getting in transition, or a three. Like they just put on an absolute show and. Uh, Auburn, just I think in terms of the hottest teams in the country, you got to put them up there, right? Uh, yeah, if they're steamrolling Kansas, how can you not? Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, uh, just to go back to the biggest disappointment, I think it was Iowa State. Oh, uh, Ohio State, Keyshawn Woods, the Weston brothers. Uh, just kind of, you know, it was, it was a totally contested game throughout. I think Shayok so, missed, missed a the free, free throw. throw yeah. Yeah. But he, but he literally was hitting every mid-range shot in that game. Like I, I watched most of that game. Like, I, it was all to Max. So I'm like, oh, he's going to free throw line. No problem. And then he hits the front. And I was oh, like, yeah. oh. I mean, he's one of the best shooters in the in the conference. Yeah. And he's a senior. So for him to go out like that, because for me, he's been one of the best stories of college basketball because he was kind of a role player in Virginia. And now he's become like one of the more complete yeah. scores in that country. And he was crushed. He just bent over and like grabbed his knees right away. He yeah. Just, like I missed free throw. Mm-hmm. But um, hyped about Houston, though. This is your Final Four team. They've looked pretty good so far. Yeah. I mean, handily took care of their first round matchup in uh, Georgia State. And then Ohio State really was – it was just Caleb Weston was, like, giving them difficulty. But uh-huh. other than that, the guard play was just too much for – I like uh, – what's his name? Galen Robinson. Yeah, Galen Robinson yeah. had a good game. Yeah. And then uh, Brooks. And Davis. Yeah. I mean, uh, Davis. Sorry, Corey right, Davis, right, right. not Brooks. Yeah. Um, the, that guard play. I mean, senior guards is just a huge X factor come mm-hmm. March. And, and that and they have that. So, mm-hmm. yeah. I mean, I'm, I'm confident. I like it going into Kentucky. We'll see what happens with P.J. Washington right. and his status. But, hey, experience versus youth. Uh-huh. Right yeah. and uh, top notch you. So we'll see what happens there. Can we give some more love to Wofford? Just, just the fact of what they did. That that I think in terms of like 
team performances, that performance against Seton Hall between Hoover and Murphy, and I like their big man too, Cam Jackson. Like Seton Hall, they know how to defend. They know how to make games into a street fight. And you were just shooting. I think they hit a, had at least be 14 threes, and they were just connecting at will. And seeing all, you know, Miles Powell was really going at it. But once I think that five-man mark hit, it was like a 16-0 run to end the game, and it was just there. Yeah. But, I, and it was impressive because, like, Wofford, a mid-major, a 31 team who probably didn't face much adversity uh, during the season. You they got, have a good resume. We, we, they showed on TV during Kentucky, and we saw they beat, like, you, know, you have North Carolina, Auburn, Mississippi State, I think. Right, they've beat, they've had some good opponents at least. But I know. You mean. I mean, I'm saying like under the bright lights, where seeing Hall, you have guys who have tournament experience. Yeah, um, literally just played the final against Nova. And right, you shit. come back, you get punched in the face like that. Being Wofford, where you had a lead throughout the game, of Miles Powell, the one man show, goes on a ridiculous run, mm-hmm. um, and you just respond by closing out the game in fashion. So yeah, I mean that was impressive for me for Wofford. Right. Um, so you want to talk quickly? Just give some love to players that have stood up before we preview these games. Yeah, go ahead. So. All right, Zion, that's it. <laughs> but, <laughs> so I want to give Zion some love just for the fact that I think his mid-range game is really improving. Like, you can see some of the threes hit just because earlier in the year, people were like, can he really hit jump shots? I think he's hitting more jump shots consistently, we could say. Right. Like Oh, mid-range, yeah. Yeah, mid-range. I mean, the three, yeah. he doesn't really shoot them. I saw a tweet today that he's like 15 of 38 since January or something, really? which is good for like high 30s or 40%. Uh-huh. So, I mean, that's a that's an improvement from the start of the year. Yeah, I guess that's true. Uh, we gotta give, of course, Carson Edwards some love. Yeah, yeah. I still want to get Fletcher McGee. Like that that scene all game was just I still can't get over. It. Like he looked like Jimmy Fredette out there just bombing threes. That's that who he is. Like, it's just like such a. I mean, it's game to game. I mean, shit happens. But to go out as a senior, zero for twelve. Mm-hmm. That's yeah. That's a bitter pill to swallow. Right. I feel like we haven't given Brandon Clark enough love. Thirty six. I know a good majority of them are like dunks and layups. But still, you dropped thirty six in that game. Yeah, it took care took care of Baylor. Right. Uh, just about single handedly. Um, I think Jared Culver, someone we talked about before, he's almost had double, uh, triple double in a couple of games. So you gotta give him some love. I think if he, if he carries Texas Tech to Final Four somehow, he might be at least a top ten pick. Would you say? Or if he's not uh, yeah, he, I think he's slated to be. Oh, is he? Okay. I know he's a lottery he's, pick. He's like six seven. He could rebound. He could pass. He block shots. Like he can basically yeah. do it all. He's like just, Zaire Smith last yeah. year, like who they had. So I think he's really stepped up. I'm gonna give love to Tremont Waters as well. Just because hey. the point guard of LSU had that big buzzer beater. That's that's your guy. Uh, one of few this March. So, yeah, that was, that was exciting. That's your guy. That is my guy. Yeah, I, I still want to see some more stuff. Oh, uh, Cabanelli, 20 oh, points. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Best six Step men up. since I don't know when. But in terms of six men. Like, Oddly a six man, yeah. yeah. He's been unbelievable. But I'm still waiting for some more big-time performances. Like, I was looking at some of the higher seeds, like Kentucky, Virginia, Michigan. No one's really emerged as, like, you know, big standout performance from those right, guys. Right, right. Yeah. Well, those both of them struggled like Kentucky and Michigan, like we said, have struggled uh-huh. offensively yeah. pretty much. UNC's been kind of balanced. Um, Gonzaga's been cut. Well, Clark before right. that, but but if Kentucky, I'm, we'll see. Just to go back real quick, uh, PJ Washington could be that guy possibly because, like we said, like the offense kind of goes through him at the free throw line. Like he mm-hmm. can dump it down to Reed Travis. Also frees up room for Reed Travis to do his thing, right. who's kind of, in my opinion, been a little underwhelming mm-hmm. uh, to start the tournament. Mm-hmm. But yeah. Yeah, I'm still not sure if he's 100%. Like, I don't know. I, I know. I feel like Travis is way more explosive. Like, he's still, he had that one spin move uh, in the post. Oh, half. we so were just like, whoa, okay. Yeah. He's good. But, I, and then I, I, like, here it was two for 12. Like, Kentucky was, oh, man, I was pretty let down by performance. But just similar to Virginia, they're going to win with their defense and they're going to dog it out. Right. So, I, if Washington brings them that versatility, he could shoot from outside, go in the post, too. So, uh, We'll see if he could bring it together, but 
Yeah, I'm still waiting to see a couple more big time performances, but uh, Zion Carson Edwards definitely stole the weekend. Oh those yeah, two, those two. Yeah, are unbelievable. Yeah. Thirty and ten, I think they said it was the first time since Mello. I got to show up Mello hey. as our freshman <laughs> uh, for Zion. That is. Well, remember um, I showed you a stat: Carson Edwards, the first player to score more than forty since Jerry Mack. Oh yeah, 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 that's right. Against BYU, I don't, do you remember that game, two thousand four BYU? Uh no, nah, I'd have I'm to. Too young, I think. Yeah, yeah, yeah. definitely don't remember that one. Yeah. But um, Sweet right. Sixteen time. So, yeah, out to the Sweet Sixteen. We'll start with, at the top, the East. Why not with the Duke East? Duke Vitek. I think Vitek's gonna give him a grind. Vitek, like, who has beat them this year, although without Zion. Yeah, yeah, you have to take that into consideration, and you just know, even though they don't have a big rotation. They're not gonna get blown out. Like I, other than I think Virginia blew them out once this year, right? But but I just feel like Virginia Tech to just never go away. I'm waiting for Alexander Walker. He's been kind of underwhelming so far as story, but if he could step up and obviously with Robinson, you think they're gonna put him in the starting lineup or it's just gonna, I think they got him in that bench role for a reason. Just Robinson? Yeah, he's uh, been coming off the bench. Right, right. Yeah, I mean, that's like shoot, like you don't know if he's still hurt or not. Because like you said, he is a senior, um, so. I think he's probably just doing anything he can to be in these games, uh-huh. whether it's coming off the bench or minutes restriction. But I think he'll be in there late in the game when it matters. So, sure. you know, as long as that's going on, that's all good yeah. and well. But for Duke, I'm looking at uh, – we talk about areas of struggle. How about the free throw line? Like, R.J. Barrett doesn't shoot particularly well. Zion Williamson does yeah. not shoot it well at all. I think it's the front end. He's like yeah. 60%. Uh-huh. So, yeah, everyone's talking about Zion 30-10, and 10, you know, all good and well. But R.J. Barrett is the one who hit the three-pointer late in the game, mm-hmm. grabbed the offensive rebound for the stick back. Um, so yeah, I think if if Duke struggles, Duke's got to hit free throws. That's mm-hmm. what it really comes down to. I know we talk about Trey Jones has his issue shooting. Yeah, um, he's pretty good at the free throw line. But I think it's a good matchup for Duke just because of the size. Like Virginia yeah, Tech does not other than Blackshear, right? Right, right. they're kind of undersized. Yeah. And I think Duke could really get out in transition because that's when Duke sets best. If they could get out, out in transition, with right? Just Zion destroying the late or yeah. Barrett as well. How about Zion leading the way in transition with these lefty like bounce pads? Like one of the scariest offhand. <laughs> like that's not. Human, yeah, it's ridiculous. We go in Duke though, right? You got it. uh, yeah, I'll go Duke in a close contested game, yeah. but yo, I, like I said, sometimes in March it comes down to free throws in Duke. You know, they might go hack a Zion. Why not? He shoots like bullets. I don't know about hack a Zion, that's a bit harsh. <laughs> I mean, he only shoots 60%. I, he's the guy you want to foul, Maybe. I feel like, late in games. Yeah. I think if this game goes over 70, Duke probably wins convincingly, but oh, if, yeah. if they could keep it within like low 60s or Whatever high six, I think this is Virginia's because Virginia Tech they want to they use watch the first two games they've held both their points under sixty so they want to play at a slow pace but if Duke could get out in transition I think watch out but uh, the big one boss for you <laughs> LSU Michigan State yeah it's a fun matchup I really like this one I like it too um, yeah. you got Tremont Waters Cassius Winston I think is one of the better uh, point guard matchups in this round. Mm-hmm. Um, Not the best, though. We'll get the best later. Low-key, one of my favorite ones we'll talk about later. Though. All right. Yeah. Well, Tremont Waters is not an NBA prospect, but he is undersized, really good. Um, gets to the bucket, will run in transition. He hit the, the game-winning uh, layup amongst the trees mm-hmm. um, in there. So when he's going to the basket, that's when they play well. It sets up Skylar Mays mm-hmm. and uh, Marlon Taylor for those three-point shots. Also gets Nasri going, whether it's on the block or stepping out for three. But – yeah, I like their size. I mean, they're going to be tested. They got Xavier Tillman, obviously, Kenny Goings. Like, they have um, size. This, that is Michigan State coming back at them, and Nick Ward, right. especially. So, they can match up, and they have Matt McQuaid, uh, senior. So, they have a lot of veterans, right? Nick Ward, oh, yeah. McQuaid, Goings, and then, obviously, Cassius Winston running the point. So, it'll be interesting to see 
where the battle is won in this game because I feel like they're two very evenly matched teams. Yeah, because LSU would probably say has more talent, but it's just the way Michigan State's playing right now. They play at their pace. Very you also slow, have to methodical. keep in, yeah, like uh, in the back of your head, the sh- stuff LSU is still dealing with off the court. Like there's no, they don't have their head coach, their signal caller, Will Wade. So Smart, have, Smart hasn't played that well either. Right, right. Javante. Yeah, yeah. Javante Smart. Um, but you have Tom Izzo versus an interim head coach. Yo. You know, so <laughs> yeah. that coaching mad, uh, matters yeah. big time in these situations. And I feel like Winston is still the most consistent player on the court. Like, he just always seems to be in control. He, you rarely see him making mistakes. He takes really good shots. And I think McQuaid's the best shooter uh, on the floor. And I don't know if Nick Ward's – I guess you give Nazari the best. Maybe. I just think in a lot of the areas you have with Michigan – I think they kind of have the advantage. They're just more consistent because LSU, if they get out, they, they can shoot poorly. They don't rebound particularly well. And they don't play a full 40, which yeah. is like my biggest knock on them. Like the, that's that's very concerning against a team as composed as Michigan State still. Right. Yeah. I don't think Michigan State's going to blow them out, but I do think I would be really surprised if LSU wouldn't. So I'm going to take LSU for the sake of my bet. I yeah. think if they had Joshua Langford, uh, Michigan State, that is their junior sh- sniper, mm-hmm. uh, I think I'd be leaning a lot differently. Mm-hmm. Uh this game might not even be close if he was playing, but I'm going to go LSU. Okay. LSU you think it's kind of like another Styles clash where if LSU could speed up the game, they play that will benefit them because, you know, Michigan State, they like playing half court. Right, right. Yeah. And LSU, the bigs will run too. Like we saw Bigby Williams get out in transition against That's the Yale. Yeah. Uh, Nas Reed has also had his share of in transition, so they'll run. Mm-hmm. Um, but will, but yeah. will they be able to? Because, like I said, Michigan State with, with Winston. I wonder if they're going to try – they don't really press a lot, right, LSU? Uh, nah, LSU. Uh, they do, but not really. I don't think this would be the game for Because they you give McQuaid open. I think Mike McQuaid's always been the X factor. Yeah, just I feel like he's been there forever. <laughs> he's one of those guys that just, I feel like he's been there since like 14. But if it, with him and then uh, what's his, with Tillman's another guy, I think he's another X factor. Like if he puts up 18 and 9, that could be a problem. Right, right. But, uh, uh, we're going to the West. My fair game. The Zags FSU. Rematch. Yes. What's going on Gonzaga here? Gonzaga has a lot more talent, though, this year with Till Beck and Clark doing his thing. And uh, one person I'm kind of looking for, Norvell hasn't done a lot yet. Norvell is quietly one of the best shooters in the country. <laughs> I want to see how he handles his Florida Because Florida State, they'll mix in a little zone elements. But for but then, of course, they'll go back to man. I'm just curious about how Florida State prepares for this game because they have the rotation, as we all know. But Gonzaga, I think, has more firepower this year because last year they were a little banged up and – Hachimura had to do a lot just to, for them to stay within the game. This year now with Clark, I want to see how they could take it to Florida State down low because Florida State with all their size, like if Kumaji gets a foul trouble or Cabanelli gets a foul trouble, then who knows? Because I think Gonzaga this year has the front court to really give him problems. Uh, yeah, I'm going to have to agree. I think Josh Perkins too, who, another guy who seems like he's been there forever, uh, is probably the, the best guard on the floor. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, Florida State, they have Forrest, right, running the backcourt, but... Right. He's experienced, sure, but I just feel like they have... Terrence Mann as well. Right, right. It's just like more like anyone who, who grabs the rebound is bringing it up. Uh-huh. They don't particularly run like right. a, a set offense. Yeah. Um, I love FSU's like ability to match up size-wise. Mm-hmm. I just feel like everyone's a 6'7", yeah, athletic we, wing. And like, we saw this dude, Gray. We're like, who is this yeah, guy? Yeah, and he yeah. was killing it. Heavy set guy. It's like the first heavy <laughs> yeah, set guy. Yeah, I've you know, never seen team. Gray. I'm just like, oh, here he is shooting a three. But Yeah, I mean, I think they're, they, they'll match up well against like Hachimura and Tilly and... and Clark, I mean, I'm sure they'll give him fits. That, like you said, they're probably more skilled, mm-hmm. especially the big man like Clark and Tilly. Mm-hmm. But 
I don't know, man. You don't, you just, Both teams like to play at fast pace too. So right. I, it's just such a intriguing matchup. Just I think Gonzaga has a lot more scoring this year, which helps because Florida State, for all, as good as they are, they could get into some scoring funks, and you can't you can't afford that against Gonzaga because at some point Gonzaga will put up points. They just have too much talent on the floor. Right. I, I think that could be the difference maker. But this is a true fifty fifty for me. Like, Gonz- yeah. yeah, yeah, I agree. I, I think Gonzaga can beat you inside now too. Like down low, mm-hmm. you said Norville hasn't even gotten going yet, so he's one of the Kispert. Actually played really well against Baylor. He's another good shooter. Yeah, no, yeah Nor- Norvell and Kisper, yeah. they're two prolific three-point shooters. Mm-hmm. But, uh, yeah, I'm going to go to Gonzaga, too. I have Florida State in my actual bracket, but I'm leaning Gonzaga on this. I just think watching them play, they've just been in complete control. For I know Baylor came back a little bit, but it's just, I didn't know Clark was that good. And then Hachimura hasn't even gotten going yet. Like I just think they have too many scores for for what Florida State is doing. But, hey, Florida State... They, they're going to have to force turnovers. If they could force like 15 turnovers. I like their chances. But if Gonzaga, if they're uh, hitting threes and they're not turning the ball over and they're not getting pounded on the boards, I think this is their game to lose. So, yeah, I'm going to go get Gonzaga. How about Michigan Texas Tech as the 2-3 here in the West? Another true gr- – this is going to be a grind. Another big grind. Um, I think with Texas Tech, what's well, good, we question their scoring, but they're another team. You Kind of like Virginia Tech, they're not going to get blown out. Like it, it would be pretty shocking. Poole and Matthews have to hit like – Eight threes combined for them to get blown out. I just think they're going to stay in there. But I think the difference for me, Xavier Sampson just playing at too much of a high level. I don't know if Texas Tech has the point guard. Like I, I could see Moretti get blasted this one. Like I could just see him being totally overwhelmed because he's not a really good ball handler. He's not really athletic. While Sampson, he could steal ball, he could pass, rebound, but he also puts real pressure. Like other than Trey Jones, he might be one of the best defending guards in the country. So I think this is Michigan's game to lose. Yeah, I think Brodziakis would be nice if he, like, showed out. Mm-hmm. Uh, he was kind of quiet uh, that last game against uh, Florida. So I think Teske could be a big matchup problem for him, too. You think so? Like, I, mean, I, I know they have Owens and Odiasi, but Teske, he's, like, 7'1". He's he very smart. Size, but he, he, he just has, like, a tendency to step out too much for my liking. But, mm-hmm. yeah, I mean, if he goes down low, which he's more than capable of, plays on the block and, like, sure. throws those guys on his back, I could see him having a good game. Well, Samson could give him good looks, too. Right. Yeah, because yeah. because he's such a playmaker. But I want to see what guys like Poole and Matthews could do if they could start hitting threes. Now. Like the like the guards on both teams. That's where the scoring is right. weak for Jordan. But then particularly you Texas Tech, I think like Moretti and uh, Mooney. You know, Mooney. Yeah, yeah they yeah. need to hit some shots. Yeah, and then Culver obviously. Mm-hmm. But I'm gonna go. Yeah, I just I can't see Michigan losing unless Culver goes off and Michigan starts missing threes because if Michigan does get cold, that is a problem because they do have a tendency of taking bad shots. And they're not particularly deep uh, livers. And I do like Eli Brooks. Eli Brooks actually played some good minutes against Florida. But, you know, they only go seven deep. And Texas Tech, they actually have decent rotation. So maybe that's something that could work in their favor. But unless Culver goes off, uh, I, I got to think Michigan just has too much firepower. Yeah, I'm going Michigan as well. Uh, on to the south, we got the one Virginia and the number 12. The only double-digit seed remaining, Oregon. Biggest defensive slugfest left. Uh-huh, yes. But for me, the most... Fascinating point guard matchup. Ty Jerome, Payne Pritchard, what do you think? Yeah, yeah, it's definitely a solid one. Is this your favorite one that you were alluding to earlier? The point guards, yeah. yeah. Uh, not my favorite match. This, well, game, not, yeah. no, this game is going to be first to 60 probably. But, yeah, I think the point guard battle is going to be fun because uh, Pritchard obviously talks a big game. He's been leading Oregon. I think Oregon last month, or I think at this time last month, was like 16-12. and 12. John Rothstein tweeted this. 16-12 yeah, yeah. and 12, like 6-8 and eight in the Pac-12, and they haven't lost since. Right. Just absurd. Yeah, um, yeah. I mean, they, they they do play defense, and 
you know, Ihab Amin is also someone we haven't talked about yet. Like, he was all over the place drawing charges. Right. I mean, I think some of them were He's the glue but, guy? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, but he's probably going to be assigned with a uh, matchup with Kyle Guy, who is a... He's struggling so far. Yeah, yeah. He's like 215 late yesterday against Oklahoma. Like was he? Uh, yeah. He struggled a lot against it. Oklahoma, so... But um, they're going to need him to score. He's one of their, their best shooters, maybe the best shooter on that Virginia team. So that's an interesting matchup I'm looking at. Uh, but do we have anyone that could guard Hunter? That's the question. Right, yeah. I don't know who matches up with Hunter. I mean, maybe team. Kenny Wooten. But then you got to you see who matches up with Jack Salt and yeah. the bigs. It's it's, it's yeah. Or Luke King. You probably put Luke King on him. He's a long, uh, yeah. freakish small forward. Takate's playing pretty well for them, I know. He's been stepping up. I think he's like 18. Oh, right? yeah, he's yeah. He's someone that normally can't miss him, about. too. With his yeah, uh, little yeah. blonde hair. He's yeah, and then Braxton Key as well. He was a key transfer from Alabama. So. Yeah, I expected so much more from Braxton yeah. Key. But he's, he's become like a nice yeah. cool guy for them. Uh, I, don't know, I just Oregon, they they kind of struggle to score. And now you're going up against one of the best defensive teams in the country. I think Virginia with that trio should have enough to win this one. Yeah, I think the this is the last stop for Oregon. It's been a fun ride. Successful run. Nah, it was man. Yeah. Pac-12 tournament title. Uh, like I said, lost bowl bowl early in the season, so definitely a successful season. Like this is where a lot of people had them preseason, and then you factor in all the injuries and what happened right. during the season. So. Yeah, definitely a good year for Oregon. The thing is, though, with Virginia, kind of like Michigan, if they start taking bad shots, if they start mi- if they start missing threes, it could become a little problematic because they're a team that doesn't really have much of an inside game and a lot of their guys kind of rely on jump shots other than Hunter because, you know, Guy and Jerome, they prefer shooting. So if things start getting a little stagnant, then you can start getting worried. But I don't know. You could just see this game is like 63-52 running all over it. <laughs> I might even be being generous. Um, but what do we got? You know, two, three, Tennessee, Purdue, the other matchup here in the South. I want to see Tennessee show up, man. Like they've been so disappointed so far. Like they, that first half against Iowa was a joy to watch, and then just to see them just crumble like that was so annoying. But I know they had a monster lead. It was like a twenty point lead, a twenty five at one point. Twenty five, yeah, yeah. yeah. They're going against Iowa team that's not really good defensively, and then what do you know? They just come back. But I don't know. You just think Tennessee has way too much talent for Purdue. But if Edwards starts going off and Tennessee starts taking two and threes, they're another team that isn't particularly good shooting, and they just tend to shoot way too much. So that could be a bit problematic. Oh uh, yeah, and Carson Edwards will also be problematic. Anyone trying to guard Carson Edwards is in for a long day. Whether it's probably going to be Bone. Yeah, probably. Uh, you think, but um. What do we make of the other players on Purdue? Yeah, like I know they're kind of limited, but I mean, they contribute. Right, right. Ryan Klein, who's a uh, probably their senior sh- sniper. Yeah, yeah, the shooter. Um, yeah, I mean they they have decent role players. They have that seven three guy Harms, Harms yeah. yeah, Matt Harms. Yeah, Eastern's um, a good defender like like him, but it's just they need to play lockdown D and Edwards needs to drop thirty for them to win. I think yeah, that's pretty much. I mean they need. Yeah. Uh, Carson Edwards to yeah. contribute, but if Harms plays well because Harms look he's still a matchup problem for anybody, especially Tennessee. Tennessee for all their physical play, they're they're not undersized, but they're not particularly big. You would say, right? Purdue? No, it's about Tennessee. Oh, Tennessee. Yeah, they're yeah. not they, that particularly. They just bring big. like the muscle. Yeah, exactly. Uh, like Grant Williams, Emerald Schofield, like yeah. they will. Kyle Alexander. They yeah. do not shy away from anyone down low. That's for sure. Mm-hmm. But I don't know, you've been kind of cold on Tennessee, right? Um, I was. I don't know why, but I I just think like. Not for nothing, like the SEC has three teams, four teams. LSU, Tennessee, Auburn, Kentucky. Kentucky. Yeah. But I feel like they've underwhelmed because Ole Miss was – we saw Ole Miss, one of the worst performance of the tour. Mississippi I mean, State yeah. crumbled. Florida, meh. Yeah. Well, Florida won a game, though. You they won. They won a game, yeah. 
But yeah, if, well, I think the SEC, if Auburn would have lost to New Mexico State, because people are just like, oh, God, SEC, can I execute late in games? But I, know, I just think Tennessee has too much firepower for Purdue. I know I've been saying that a lot, but just I want to believe in this Tennessee team because I just think they're too talented. But you know, we were talking about coaching mismatches before. Matt Painter, quietly one of the better coaches in the country, and Rick Barnes, not uh, always Mr. Reliable. Nah, nah, but I mean, yeah, shit. That, I mean, I was sweating that one last the last game. Like we said, Tyler Cook, Jordan Bohannon was bringing that team back by himself. Garza and Garza, yeah. big man. Yeah, yeah, was giving him fits. He's a good big man though for the Big Ten. Garza, um, I think he's only a sophomore too, which is kind of crazy. He's gonna be a good four year player. But I'm gonna go with Tennessee here. I just think if they can not shut down Carson Edwards, but limit him to even like 20 or 25 points, I think they have a good chance of winning. Mm-hmm. Just th- got to like not let him go off like he did on Villanova. Edwards, can get, he's going to get like his 23, 25, but make him take like 25 shots. Like right, if, right. if Carson Edwards shoots like nine for 25 like he has in the past, then I and think he's going to have to take like 20 to 25 shots for them to yeah. succeed anyway. So It's kind of like the whole Marcus Howard factor with Marquette. Right, right. Except Marquette slightly has better offensive players, but Purdue – Far better defense. I think they're better coach too. So right. Uh, then the last region we got here, the Midwest, North Carolina Auburn to start. I think might be the second best game or third. I think I have all of them. Yeah, I mean it's up there. Just, I mean I t- honestly, I think the only. I mean they're all good. Like only I duds like could be Virginia Oregon. Right, right. That's all what I was looking at. Where yeah. I think Virginia probably. Wins comfortably. That's the only team I could convincingly like pencil yeah. into the next round. I just I kind of worry about Auburn because it's just so streaky. Like they take a lot of threes and once again, even though they're coming off such a great performance, North Carolina is a team that when they lock in, they really lock in. I know North Carolina is not known for their defense, but you know I, I really think White and Williams are pretty solid back there, and they could give Harper and Brown problems. But I don't know. Will Auburn have a response for Luke May? I feel like Luke May could have a huge game in this one and Little as well. Right, yeah. So uh, I also I think Colby White would also give Harper uh, probably. I think just Harper's a little undersized. He's obviously sure. what five eleven or five ten. Yeah. Um, Colby White's pretty. I think he's six two or six three. Mm-hmm. So um, if he can get to the basket, it's going to be a long day. I think for Jared Harper. But yeah, I, I like UNC's just veteran laden team. Like yeah. Luke May and Cameron Johnson are two guys that lean on heavily. He's had a big year. Cameron Johnson hasn't got enough love, man. Yeah, he's yeah. Had big transferring from Pitt. Um, yeah. And it's done nothing but good things there. So, yeah, I think – let's just put Bryce Brown on him, which you can do. I mean, on Kobe White. But I think I think Kobe White ultimately controls the game. Plays They play at his tempo, and they'll uh, wind up beating Vill- – uh, not Villain, Auburn, who mm-hmm. was super-duper impressive against Kansas. I just do when White gets out on fast break, I just, it's not the whole hair thing. It's just the way he just <laughs> – the way he just drives. Like, you just tell he's going to either score or make the right decision. Like, he always seems to be in control. So I think that's a huge factor. But Luke May, just down low, I could see him having like six offensive rounds. Like I, I could like a real workman's like twenty twelve game. I could see at Luke May in this one. I want to believe in Auburn. They're a fun team, but it's they're kind of streaky, and I'm not sure about the size down low that could, that they could hold on. But look, if they start forcing turnovers and they start playing at this, because in terms of playing at fast pace and Auburn could bring it. North Carolina, they kind of they could get a little complacent at times. North Carolina does tend to take a lot of jump shots, so who knows? But I just think North Carolina is too good at the end, though. Yeah, I think my ACC bias is going to shine through here. I'm going to go Carolina as well. Yeah. And then the last game, uh, <clears throat> excuse me, on the slate, Kentucky, Houston, Houston, Kentucky. Well, you're f- this is one of your trendy Final Four. Pick. I feel like you have a lot of around this one in Houston because you're a big believer in Houston. Yeah, I got <clears throat> I got Houston uh, deep, but I think this is a tough matchup. I know um, I just talked about guard size, right, for – 
Auburn. Right. Um, Kentucky brings Keldon Johnson and Tyler Harrow too. And Hagen's uh, a very good defender. Right. He, he can't, although he can't hit jump shot, which. Oh, you my God. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> he had a rough go at it. The Kentucky other day. just can't shoot, man. That's why I need Washington. Yeah, their offense. That's why I need PJ Washington back in there. But, um, yeah, it's, it, it, I, I'm starting to change my mind, honestly. I'm starting to think Kentucky pulls this off. If I know they said PJ Washington, it was better to be in a hard cast, which he was in, which is kind of weird, mm-hmm. considering he's usually in a walking boot. He has a sprained foot. It's not no structural damage. Uh, but if he's back healthy, I think. Him and Reed Travis might be too much down low for the Houston. Yeah, I know Houston, Houston likes to. I know Houston likes to double team, but it's one thing to double team Weston with those Ohio State guards. Another thing to double Travis Washington. But then you kick it out to either Johnson or Hero. Like those guys, they could drop eighteen twenty while those Ohio right. State guards. Like I, like I don't think Houston will be able to double those bigs like they doubled right. Weston last night. Although Granite Drew. And uh, Corey Davis can also keep you in games True. with the yeah, three yeah, ball. Yeah. So I think this game is not kind of one of those uh, defensive games where I think if either team scores a 70, I'll be kind of surprised. They're both very good defensively. Right. But I'm hoping Hero steps up because he's, he's someone that really should be playing better. And Johnson was fa- – because that's the crazy thing with Kentucky. They were in a lot of foul trouble on Saturday, yet they still managed to hold up. So I think that does say a lot uh, given that, you know, how good Wofford is and the fact that Kentucky was undermanned without Washington. But – I don't know. This one's tricky. This is, I think, other than Gonzaga, Florida State, this actually might be the hardest one for me. Yeah, I'm having second thoughts here, putting Houston through. I just think, like, like I said, the Kentucky size with Travis and uh, but they, you know, but they don't have Washington and Nick though. Richards. Like they just have no. Yeah, if they don't have Washington, it's gonna be a problem for because they really struggle because Wofford really isn't known for defense and they're having problems scoring. Right. And on they're Saturday. undersized Wofford for the most part. Like right. they run a more smaller lineup than mm-hmm. usual. Um, and, and we know Nick Richards isn't really capable of much offense. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, I mean, if they're without PJ Washington, I'd go Houston. But if if they're with him, I'd go Kentucky. I'm still gonna go Kentucky. That's, like, that's yeah. how much of an X factor I have him as being. Pretty much, yeah. I'm gonna still gonna go Kentucky. Just so I do think the size is different. Like they just dominate the boards. Like I think that's a big thing with Kentucky. And um, we talk about free throw shooting. Hero hasn't missed since what was it? One miss since Christmas Eve. That's the stat. Oh yeah, yeah. We talk yeah, about free throw bonkers. shooters. Kentucky's yeah, yeah. got that on lock. And Travis hit some big free throws in that game, too. So That's right. So I think Kentucky, with defense and free throws, they're going to win a pretty ugly game against Houston because both teams know how to defend. So Right, right. So just to close things out here, I don't want to speculate on Elite Eight matchups because they aren't set yet. But, um, you know, they, it will be set, the Final Four will be settled this weekend. Mm-hmm. So are you still sticking with your original Final Four is what I want to ask you. And, and if not, who do you have? Uh, coming out of each region, I'm still gonna uh, if you want to start from the top with the East. Still gonna roll with Duke. I yeah, know. Yeah, I yeah. know it's still. I know it's concerning. I know they were what a centimeter away from getting eliminated. Oh, but yeah. but the fact that they, I like, I don't think LSU, Michigan State, Virginia Tech has a player that could do what Dawkins did. Right. Like, the fact that they survived. Oh, dude played the game of his life yeah. and they still lost. Like, I know Winston's great. I know. Uh, Robinson, where, like they have those teams have good guards, but I don't think any of them are dropping like thirty four like Dawkins did. Right. So I think that helps. And neither of these teams are particularly big. Like Michigan State does have big men, but they don't have like a seven footer like a Taco Fall. So, right. and the fact that Bolden is starting to get healthy, so which helps. And I think Delorier has been quietly been their unsung hero. He's very good defensively, blocks some shots. So, yeah, I'm still rolling with Duke. I'm pretty confident. Yeah, I'm going Duke there too. I think there's too much, you know, too much for everyone. I mean. R.J. Barrett, Cam Reddish hasn't even come along yet. Like it's been such a weird season for him. I feel like, mm-hmm. um, but if R.J. Barrett can continue to pick up the load, I know Zion gets all the headlines, but I feel like it's just R.J. Barrett who's doing the heavy lifting of late. Mm-hmm. Although you, do, you know Zion thirty and ten, sure, very impressive. But, but just the fact that we could see 
Trey Jones guard Winston and Halide, that'd be fun. Yeah. Or Tremont Waters. I'm a little biased, but I think okay. either of those matches. Sorry, would be really LSU good. Is Although, Boston Vicks. <laughs> no, no, no. But I do think Justin Robinson, even that too. Like that's, True, a, no, that's it's good. Really it's good just matchup. Winston's the best. Like right. we're talking about elite. So that's Four really good point guards yeah. uh, in this region. But yeah, I'm, I'll go Duke too. How about uh, out west? We have Gonzaga, Florida State, and this, Texas Tech, Michigan. This one I was like split on. Like I had Gonzaga in one bracket, but my main bracket I do have Michigan. I'm still gonna ride with Michigan. I, I think I have these four teams. They are the best defensively, and I think shooting wise, they still got the best. Well, actually, I, I'd probably pick Gonzaga shooting wise, but I do think Michigan has the more complete team. Just the, the team you can rely on the most, like especially with Beeline there. Like I still want to depend on them. Like, I do think they'll get through Texas Tech, but I don't know Gonzaga does scare me though. They look really good. Yeah, yeah. I think Texas Tech is the best team defensively, just to count. Oh, you point. think? Yeah, yeah I guess but, so. Yeah, but I think good. Michigan just has more firepower there. True. I think ultimately, yeah, you know, True. outlast them. Yeah, for Texas Tech, yeah, dude, dude, they really do lock in. Yeah, yeah, but um, yeah, I'm going Michigan too. That's my uh, original pick. I actually have them winning the VM bracket. Oh. Uh, shout out to everyone who joined the VM bracket. Uh, it's looking spicy so far. We have a uh, we have two pages on that, so it, there's a lot yeah. of people there. I saw yeah. it. Like, have, they've got two pages. We have heel Wolverine. I'm not sure. Uh, who uh, names these brackets? But we have Heel Wolverine who picked Duke up top with 570, which is an incredible score. 570, goddamn. Uh, Balmy Blazer, great name, uh, who has UNC winning it all at 540 in second. And then, uh, yeah, John Luca in third, and Dylan in third, and XL in third. So those top five are in the top three points wise. We'll see how it plays out. But shout out to everyone who joined the bracket. Uh, a lot of good things there. Two hundred dollars still on the line. Allen's in there somewhere. Yeah, I'm like, in the mix. I put my upset bracket in there just because I have like my regular bracket and like every other. So the upset one I have like Gonzaga winning all. So hey, if Gonzaga wins, I'll be up there. But. Hey, we'll see. <laughs> so. uh, I got Michigan winning all there. So therefore, I had to bring up the bracket. I'm going Michigan. Okay. Through to the Final Four. Um, the South. We got Virginia, Oregon, Purdue, Tennessee. Tennessee, they've made me of all the teams so far. They've made me besides well, Duke, besides Duke yesterday for obvious reasons. But Tennessee has made me sweat the most. I'm, I'm a little concerned just them kind of not putting these teams away. But I still think talent wise, they should be able to pull through. Tennessee? I know Tennessee. Yeah, I, st- I, I picked them from getting. I really like them a lot. Like I have them going to the final against Gonzaga, and another bracket I have them going to the final four. Like I just think they're too talented. But I'm still waiting for them to put senior together leadership too. What happened? Senior leadership too. Oh, like, you know, got Grant Williams at Schofield. I'm going Virginia. Like I said from the jump, this is the year they get over the hump. Um, they have a really good matchup to get to the Elite Eight. Uh, can they get it done? Can Tony Bennett get it done? The Virginia program hasn't been in, in a Final Four, I think, ever. So this is the year, baby. They're going over. And you guys start shooting better. Any guys yeah. start shooting better. But I think just Hunter, for anyone in this region, really, uh, maybe Tennessee, you know, stick Schofield on it. But I think it's just a matchup nightmare. And think, that's, I mean, that's just about for anyone in the country, really. I think that might actually be. If, if 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 Washington's not healthy, PJ, I've talked about. If then I think UNC probably. If if UNC Kentucky without Washington, then I would say Virginia Tennessee might be the best Elite Eight matchup because I think both teams are just that damn good. Yeah, for sure, for yeah. sure. Um, and then in the Midwest, who are you going with the the bottom? I think it's UNC's to lose. Like even with or without Washington, I just think UNC is too much offensively right now. I know Kentucky could lock up, and you never want to count out a Calipari team, but I think UNC would. That trio, and then with Little also really stepping up, they're really UNC have all the one seeds. They've looked most in control so far. Yeah, for sure, for sure. Um, I know I had Houston going deep. I think I have them in my final four in the VM bracket, but 
today, I've after the first weekend of games, I've had second guesses. I had Kentucky over them. And I think I'm going to go Kentucky in the Final Four. I really like the way Reed Travis could potentially match up with uh, Luke May. And then uh, their per- per- perimeter players like Harrow on uh, Cam Johnson would be interesting. Mm-hmm. And then the long and athletic Keldon Johnson or even Ashton Hagens on Colby White uh, could frustrate him. That's so right. um, I don't know if Kentucky can get by Houston if – like I said, I they're think, a problem, Kentucky. They're gonna be annoying. They're like this right. is this isn't your average. This isn't your standard Kentucky team. Where it's right. like it's all these stars. Your offensive a, juggernaut yeah. type Kentucky. It's more of like we're gonna be in you, mm-hmm. like in your pocket the whole game. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, if PJ Washington is healthy going into this weekend, I, I have Kentucky in the Final Four. And then Kentucky, Tennessee potential Final Four or UNC Virginia Final Four. Like how crazy is that? That would be just so much familiar so many, matchups. So many good matchups. Yeah, uh, but that's it for this week's episode um next monday we'll be coming back at you with the final episode final four preview um crazy to think that we'll be already done with march madness and college basketball it Hoops comes season. by so quick it does it you, comes, you gotta savor it, it people that's it um alan if they're looking for you on social media where can they find you alan underscore stirk that's a double l e n underscore s t r k um if you're looking for me you can find me at at end 27 on twitter and the gram uh if you're looking for my other co-host nick the Lamb at The Lamb Show. Uh, Tim is at Tim Petrop. And Joe is at Joe Santagato. Uh, if you want to follow the page for the show, it's at Veterans Minimum. Um, thank you for listening. And we will see you next week with the finals, baby.